0: What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we are going to be talking about your Cleveland Browns football schedule today, okay? So this thing was released. I did not get a chance to join the OBR show dealing with some personal family stuff. Wish I could have been on the Twitch, but nonetheless, I think the guys handled it well, as they always do. A quick reminder, I'm your host, Jake Burns. And, yeah, it's an important topic, right? The schedule gets released. I'm not going to play the game here where I go through and tell you win by win, I think there's some funny stuff that goes on with schedules. We, people try to look at last year's win-loss as a justification for how good or bad a schedule is when teams turn over a ton and a whole bunch of things are kind of uh, you know uh, year-to-year with roster turnover and different people and coaches and all of that and injury luck. So what I try to do is look at... I think Vegas odds do a decent job at this because they try to take into account improvements to the roster or... Issues with the roster, things that have not been fixed, and so on and so forth. So I try to look at that a little bit. And then also I look at the opposing quarterback. Does your team have a better quarterback that is a huge leg up to getting wins in the NFL? So the thing that stands out to me first when I look at this schedule, okay, is uh, 17 games. The Browns are on the short end of the home in a way. Structure Obviously, last year they got the extra home game against the NFC, so this year they only have eight home games against nine away games. I think they pick up that second one this year, or sorry, that uh, crossover NFC game when they're at Washington Week 17. But what I do like, and what should be encouraging to you, is that a couple things. First thing is the the primetime game structure. As we sit here right now as this is released, what I like is that they get the Pittsburgh on a short week at home on a Thursday, week three. They get a Monday night home game going into then a bye week with Cincinnati week eight into the week nine bye week. So you're not dealing with a short week. And then they also get a uh, primetime Saturday game at home with the Saints. So the NFL says hey we're we're you know you're on the short end of the stick with with home games versus road games but instead we will grant you a way to make up for this by making the primetime games as we know them there is a week 15 to be determined structure and then an end of the year Steelers game that is to be determined as far as I know uh, based on the schedule that we saw at the OBR early but like to me those primetime games are great you're not, you're not you don't play any road primetime games unless things get changed late in the year And any of those short weeks, you get them at home as well, which is really, really nice. So, you know, even that week four game against Atlanta, it's a road game, but you play on Thursday, you get 10 days to prep for it. Another thing that I think we should like is, man, those first four games are very, very winnable. Very winnable. And how long has it been since, A, I think 2003, since the Cleveland Browns won their opener? And I can't imagine... There have been many schedules since the Browns have come back that have been this favorable in the first four weeks. And what it does, man, it would be so huge for them to jump out to a 4-0 start. Now, this is entirely possible. They start at Carolina, a very a team in transition with a coach that we all think is a lame duck coach with a quarterback situation that could include Baker Mayfield at some point. We don't know, but doubtful, but whatever. It is dicey to say the least they come home for the Jets and Steelers we think the Steelers are going to be at a disadvantage of the quarterback position still a tough team obviously the Jets I think are improved as well but both of those teams we would think the Cleveland Browns are better than and then a road game at Atlanta off a 10-day rest situation where they get to go down there and play Marcus Mariota so it's like those first four games are great for two reasons. If you keep everybody off suspension, and what I mean by everybody is your quarterback in this situation, that's the first four weeks that you feel like we can win these games and be 4-0, and how great would that be as a boost? And then, obviously, if they were to suspend Deshaun Watson for any period of time, it does look like if it's the first six games, you, you at least have four there that are very winnable. Now, even the next two... The Chargers, we all think, will be very good, but you're at home, so they're traveling from left coast all the way to east coast. That's a home game, hugely beneficial. And anytime you can get New England at home is also beneficial. The first six weeks are very favorable. Very favorable. And then we talk about you go to Baltimore and then you get to host the Bengals in a primetime game, which will be huge. You get the bye week earlier this year than the year before. You get that bye week, week nine. I think it was week 13 or something bananas last year. So you actually get a mid-season break and not a break that is at the end of the the second part of the third of a season where it just feels like it's so far away. And at that point, it's week 13. You don't even want to buy at that point because it's so late in the season. So, Anyway, that the bye week is helpful. You go to Miami off the bye. I think that's a nice situation. Go to a nice weather environment. You get Buffalo and Tampa. Those are definitely your toughest two. But around the Buffalo and Tampa, you get the Texans. And like I said, the Dolphins. And that's a really nice setup that in between in between Bills, Bucks and Bengals and then the Ravens. You get the Texans. You also have the Saints, Commanders, two teams. I think the Browns are in a far better quarterback situation than So to me, this is a situation with a schedule where I feel the best about this schedule that I have felt in a long time about the Browns' schedule. Now, does that mean they win a ton of games? Who knows? But to me, especially with that early start and what the morale would mean, I can see double-digit wins into the 11-12-13 range. I'm not going to throw out bold predictions, but – you know granted everyone important who matters can stay healthy and has a chance to remain that way it is it it is at the bare the very bare minimum a schedule that you say man even though we're short a home game and we don't have many primetime games listen I want the Browns to live in the one o'clock I love one o'clock games for my work I love one o'clock games because it gives continuity a sense of structure to everything and I think that it's probably best for the Browns to hide in the one o'clock as often as they possibly can. Probably not a bad thing for the, for the you know, the NFL pre and post game shows and all the talking points and all of that. So I'm okay with that. Very, very, very much. Okay. With that. So this schedule really, really fun, even though it's short a home game for, for those of you who are season ticket holders or live and die by the home road game. And again, especially they only have from week 10 on, they only have three home games from, November 13th to January 8th or so they only have three home games. So that's a tough pill to swallow, but some of those road games, dolphins, Texans, commanders, Steelers are very, very winnable games. If this Browns team is the team we think it is. So it seems like some of the leaks were okay. We got some of this stuff early. You know, there was the whole uh, one account that got up to 10,000 followers who was throwing out erroneous stuff, but there were other leaks that were pretty accurate on this stuff. So, you know, I don't know if you're into getting the schedules early and you love to look into this stuff. Or it's not my thing, but, you know, it, the, you know the opponents. You can look at the opponents and judge it. But what you're always looking for when the schedule comes out, you know, in the first six weeks, you get four home games. That's awesome. You don't have any West Coast travel in those first six games. You really don't have any West Coast travel at all for the entire season, which is awesome. Your road games. Panthers, Falcons stay in the East Coast time, Ravens, Dolphins, Bills, all East Coast time. Texans, you fall back an hour, but Bengals, Commanders, Steelers, all East Coast games. You don't have any of those long travel situations, and you just love getting four of your first six at home. It's an amazing thing, really, and you can include five of your first eight at home if you include it out to Week 8 with the Bengals. So the schedule sets up really well for Cleveland, obviously we're drawn to a couple of those key games getting to Cleveland to see Tampa and Tom Brady one more time that at Bills that road game could be raucous if the Browns start out well that home Monday night game on October 31st Halloween against the Bengals is a huge game uh Thursday night game against the Steelers week 3 what's the Steelers new quarterback situation look like you get him at home you know and then obviously the game at the Texans will be a fascinating game for Deshaun Watson going back there and then you you also love getting a Christmas Eve game uh, against the Saints. That's a really cool thing to get a home Christmas Eve game against a Dome team on December 24th when it could potentially be pretty cold. So you do like that uh, situation as well. So fun schedule, uh, a lot to talk about there. Hopefully you enjoyed the guys on the Twitch show. I think they did a really good job. We'll continue to talk about this schedule for the foreseeable future, and I think there's some interesting preseason games there too with Chicago and some of those others. So we'll we'll dig into that maybe down the line. This next little bit of the show is something you might not be all too interested in, but maybe you are. It's about uh, I asked the other day about show spoilers and when you can talk about them on Twitter and when you can't. So we go over a great DM I received with John Colosimo where we talk through some of those. Uh, talk through some of those thoughts on when you can talk about things from TV shows to late night arrival TV shows to movies. I think it's a great talking point. And then also we talk about Doctor Strange pretty in depth. I share some of my thoughts. And uh, like I said, it goes pretty in depth. So if you're not into anything, Doctor Strange to avoid spoilers, this is your (laughs) you need to get out of this episode soon. Because halfway through this interview with John, we dig into Doctor Strange a little bit. And I also warn you, in that one as well, but just want to be clear on that because I was ripped apart for spoilers the other day on Twitter, and I don't want that to happen again because it really does suck. So just a heads up. John, uh, just a little reminder here. John's mic is a little low. Tried to balance out the sound as best I could. He's traveling, doing a great job. He's pretty tired. He's jet lagged. So, uh, So bear with him a little bit on that jet lag situation. It was just nice of him to be able to join, period, because we wanted to talk about the Doctor Strange stuff and some of those other points, too. So Uh, appreciate your guys' support, and let's get over to that interview with John right after this break from our sponsors.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
0: If you're a loyal listener of this show, these are fun topics. So we'll start uh, with one that I think is pretty interesting to a dumb tweet. Maybe dumb tweet I had the other day, but we'll we'll get there. John, what's up, man? Thanks for joining, bro, as always.
2: Uh, Happy to be here. And like I said, um, uh, I appreciate the um, props for bringing my stuff, but I did have room in my um, normal travel bag, so... What was good is uh, we're trying to get good sound for this thing. So uh, no reason for you not to bring it.
0: Let's do it. Let's let's hash out some topics here, okay? So this week, no, it was Sunday. We were doing family pictures, and I had tweeted about finishing the Ozark Part 2, and I thought I was way late. So when I got back in my car after these pictures about a half hour, and people were just so mad at me, I'm like, Like, damn, I really thought I was okay to talk about this show, but apparently I wasn't. And some people were on my side, some were on the other. It was like, I thought like the two week grace window was about there. So maybe I was wrong. Am I wrong for a show that drops all at once to talk about a finale in a two week? It is like 11 days, so close to that. But it was, am I really wrong on that or not? I need your opinion.
2: All right. I would say no. But also, um, I can tell you as part of a community, uh, like uh, Game of Thrones. And when I say Game of Thrones, I actually mean uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Mm -hmm. Um, You really kind of learn in that community how to deal with these types of situations. So what I would say is that um, um, I guess it's different for each community. But I will say that um, um, The Song of Ice and Fire and that the way that that would go, because you had no idea where people were coming in on the first book or the last book and those types of things. You, you learn to be a lot more sensitive to that kind of stuff. So uh, I would say that you just got to be dealing with, um, I think – Exactly how you introed this show, which is, hey, I'm going to give you timestamps. Uh, there'll be spoilers, those type of things. Those are exactly what you need to do. And
0: um, yeah, I dropped yeah. the ball on that. I dropped the ball on that. I should have said that. Here's a here's a DM I got. I want to see if you agree with this. And maybe this is going to lay out the ground rules here for people. Okay, got this DM from at Ten Cent Beers. Listen, I don't know his name. He, he keeps it discreet on Twitter. Hits me up all the time with great show recommendations. We have some good Browns banter. I really appreciate a lot of the conversation. He sent me one of the most thought out DMs on this topic I could have ever imagined. I want to know if you agree with all of these, okay? So I'm going to read them to you. All right. So the first one he says, you know, basically, I think it depends on the type of show. And these are the rules I've settled on. You can just agree or disagree or give your point here. Okay, John. So he said, week to week show that airs at a set time. So think Game of Thrones, Succession, uh, Better Call Saul. Fair game at the moment after the moment it airs. Everyone is on equal playing field. You can avoid social media until you have a chance to catch up, which isn't that hard when it's just one episode. Otherwise, it's a buyer beware if you log on. So week-to-week shows, set time, like seven, eight, nine o'clock. You're fair to talk about it. Do you agree with that or not?
2: I do. Uh, with proper enunciation, yes. 100%. Okay.
0: Here's number two. This is a little caveat. A week-to-week show that drops at like a 3 a.m. So think Disney Plus shows like The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and some others. So the the idea here is a 24-hour grace period. No one's going to watch a show at 3 a.m. People have to work the next day, so there's not the same expectation about when people will be able to watch. So you got to give people that night to watch, and then it's fair game after that 24-hour grace period for the reasons above. Agreed? Yeah. I think it's still like...
2: Um, again, um, I'm drawing my experience from the Song of Ice and Fire community, and uh, we're dealing with very long periods of time. It's not uh, what we're dealing with, that, uh, you know, Disney Plus and things like that. So I would say, while I would agree with that, um, if you're dealing with like long source material, um, you just make the. Uh, appropriate disclaimers at the beginning of the show
0: are you a mute fan should you, i think people should mute words right like i hadn't seen dr yeah. strange yet and i think people shouldn't you know, I, I put those in to mute them i, I think, think that's i
2: think i think people need to learn to do those things but i yeah. think if you make those disclaimers you're not responsible for people not doing those mute actions
0: i dig it okay here's the third one the one that particularly pertains to what i am talking about full season shows like netflix drops a full season such as the ozark part one two whatever you have a two-week grace period with caveats it's the trickiest bucket to navigate he says because there's no universal expectation about when to watch or more importantly how to pace through the season and a huge part of watching tv tv these days is about talking online about it so i we love the week-to-week stuff he says the caveats are that You can talk about earlier episodes in the timeline, like it's fair to talk about the first couple episodes after the first weekend, but not any finale talk. You can talk vaguely about the finale and then go into more detail in the replies, like using your tweet as an example. He said, if you just said saw a lot of people complaining about the Ozark finale, but I liked it, I thought it was fitting with, uh, with how each character had become, then that gets the point across without spoilers and initiates or invites a conversation with people who've seen it, and people who haven't seen it, it, would know not to read the replies if you haven't seen it because you understand that talking about a finale, you can talk about the finale in more detail earlier, so long as you put a spoiler tag at the top of the tweet. Do you agree?
2: Well, uh, I would definitely agree with spoiler tags, right? Like that's an important thing. But again, I think um, Saga of Ice and Fire, the you know the length of time, and those things, they've really laid this out well. And um, I think it's just a matter of laying out. Hey, um, in the description, here is the spoilers. We're going to talk about uh, spoiler-free from X to Y. You know, those types of things. Like, I think that's they they really did a pretty good job. And when you talk about a length of time, we are talking about a decade, more than a decade. You know, um, I think uh, it's better to lean on that kind of community uh, where I don't think it's actually that much different than what you're saying. Uh, But I think the most important part to uh, note is uh, to have those timestamps to say, hey, um, we're going to talk about you know, spoiler free type things for the next 20 minutes. Please tune in in 20 minutes uh, if you don't want to hear any of those types of things.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I I think you got to put the spoiler at the top. But I think this is a good guideline. We don't really talk about movies much here, but movies, you definitely in my opinion, I would at least give a movie a month because the ability to get to a movie theater is a challenge for people that I understand.
2: and I'm far less, actually, uh, you know, uh, nice or soft when it comes to movies, than versus when it comes to uh, any kind of a show.
0: Yeah, because shows you can you can manipulate your time and you're at home and all of that, but movies are different. So now we're gonna talk about a movie, and if you have not seen Doctor Strange, skip past this. Heavy spoiler alert! Like we're gonna kind of dive deep into Marvel a little bit here for a minute, but like you text me, I've seen mixed reviews on it, man. You've text you texted me the other day and said this is the second movie you've walked out of. And I was like, I didn't understand what you meant at first. I'm like, oh you left early. And then I'm like, well damn. I've seen some good reviews and some bad. So yours was the heaviest lean toward bad. I saw it recently and I can see where you're coming from and I can see where other people are coming from. So like the fun thing you told me was, Hey, let's let you try to pick three. You have three opportunities to pick where I walked out of this movie. So Kelby, my wife went with me. She also said she, she did. And she said that she could have walked out at certain points too. So take that for what it's worth. But she's also like super, I mean, she's very into the movies, the superhero movies, but she's also super pregnant and very hormonal and, I don't know. Just I'm not. I'm not all in on her opinion right now. Let's put it that way. Her mind's not level headed, and you know this, John, from <laughs> pregnant. Yeah, wives. You know.
2: no, no. And it's not like being a mean to say that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. So first guess. I ha- I actually started to feel this was the moment you left, until there were two others that got better for me. So I'll give you my first guess. The first guess I think was a little too early still, but you might have. Is when he meets himself in the in the in the warp dimension, and he comes down, and he's got the third eye in his forehead, and they start to have this battle that is, I guess, like movie or music notes that they're whipping around this battle. Like I thought that. No, wow, I was like, I, I could exactly. see.
2: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's actually a pretty cool moment in the
0: movie. Okay, you uh, like that? What else okay. you got? The second moment is when he takes a uh, form of his dead body and the uh, I guess the the tormented souls are kind of all around him and Rachel McAdams is a bit apparently character like Christine is able to fight them off mm-hmm. and he looks like he's straight out of the thriller uh, movie set or uh, video set I'm like I could see him walking out at this point
2: by the way, one of my favorite songs and one of my favorite music videos but th- let's move on.
0: Kel- Kelby said he looks like from Hocus Pocus, uh, one of the characters. I cannot remember the name. <laughs> oh, what you can't it? do that. Come yeah, on, Kelby. I can't remember you know who what? it was.
2: I need to spend more time with this woman.
0: <laughs> she's she's She had a t- she sent a picture. I'll try to post a picture tomorrow. Anyway, I don't know if it was Hocus Pocus. Maybe it was something else. I can't remember. It's late. <laughs> the other thought moment I thought was pretty close to the end that I thought you might leave is... When he's got the half eaten face and she's the, the, the female character, this woman, young lady, whatever, who can travel dimensions. And I listen, I'm, I'm pretty open to new characters. She all of a sudden realizes this power because a half bitten zombie face dead. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange tells her with a wink. This sob story that she can she can defeat this witch, and I was like, okay, I think this is the absolute moment he got up and left. And I hope I nailed it. Did I nail it?
2: Is that the one you're going with?
0: That's what? what I'm going with. I guess I'm wrong because you're, you're you're asking what that, that's the one I mean, I'm going it's, with.
2: It's not it's not wrong by that much, but it was zombie. It was zombie strange. Yep. That was it for me.
0: Just in general, when he when he took off, when he stood up out of the the rocks or whatever, that was the moment. Yes. That's OK. So I was in the realm of possibly, I mean, you could see it. Yeah. Where it all, there, there were a couple yes. of moments where I was like, oh, boy, I could I can see it here. <laughs> here, let's do this. OK, so there were some cool moments. Listen, when when Charles Xavier comes into the the, the film and like you hear that little soft X-Men song playing. I was like, "Oh man, that was a lot of chills. That was really cool." So, and I
2: wanted to say, by the way, just so you know, like uh, we've had conversations about this before, and I feel like the previous X Men movies maybe didn't get quite the um, uh, the clout that they should have. So, yeah, I think uh, the,
0: they've been disrespected over time, and I actually think they're they were fine I, I, yeah. for the most part. We're fine. Yeah, that's they fine. Been. They got a little they, well they, when they when they redid the 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 first stuff. The uh, what are the X Men uh, beginnings first class. or first class? Yeah, those were yeah. good. I like those too. So oh, man,
2: like uh, what's his name? Like is fantastic. McAvoy He's also in um, like Alien. Uh, what do you call it? And he's also in. Um, he's also uh, in the.
0: Oh, hold on! I know who you're talking about. Young, young Magneto, Magneto. Yes. Um. Right. That's Michael exactly... Fassbender. F- yes, Fassbender. He... Yeah. He's Fassbender. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yep. He's
2: absolutely yes. They're great. They're great. Okay.
0: So I-, I thought there were moments in that movie. Here's here's the thing. Okay, I'm willing to 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 ride it out with with Strange because he's important to the first fit. like. The first phase came with Marvel came at the perfect time to captivate people and they just with the Infinity Saga they did so well with this like with the whole thing it was something we've never seen put together we've never seen a decade long movie journey where all these movies tied together the character perfect characters uh, actors for the roles Chris and Tony and 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 so many others And it came together so well and the scale of their adventure and saving the earth and all of it felt so big and important and vital that this next phase, which I think now is phase three. I think I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not a Marvel junkie right? that they like are doing some things and I'm struggling with the scale. Like the whole point of this movie is essentially that Wanda has these two fictional children that she wants to be with. Or um, whatever. I don't know. Maybe somebody can correct me that these are fictional. I thought she like made them up in this little world she was they, living no, in in Wandavision.
2: Made them up. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. Totally like totally tying you into the Wandavision kind of thing, which I actually think like is one of the better things they did in this movie.
0: Um. I would. I would agree with that. I. I just. But. But like the. Sca- I'm supposed to buy in on her being the bad guy like all in on her being, and you know, these movies are so villain based sometimes that it's like, you just need to have rooting interests. And I have a hard time rooting against Wanda for this character. I've never met before. And I get the point of what everybody's doing and why they're doing it, but it's just hard to root against Wanda. And I'm also trying not to be like a agreeable guy who thinks every Marvel movie is done right. And all of that. I just think that the next phase, my point is the next phase which is going to be, you know, people... The, the, the Marvel was able to captivate people like me and my wife who are not Marvel or comic book junkies who had just got into it. Are they going to be able to maintain that? I think Tom Holland is a star. I, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is good. His character's hard, so hard to get movies built around. It's just a lot of s- s- sort of craziness, which is obviously the ask, point of the can movie. Can I ask, like, a really
2: weird question?
0: Yeah. Does he
2: or does he not have the time stone?
0: I don't even know if the stones matter anymore. I was trying to explain that to Kelby. I'm like, I don't even know that they even. I just, just they even asking, matter. Does he? I don't have know
2: the time stone.
0: Because when he I opens up the necklace, there's nothing there. I I, I really yeah. don't know what that what do, what what point do the stones now have? I have no idea the point of them. Did they didn't? I don't think they. Wait hold on a second I'm being an idiot They don't have them right Because What they did Is they went back And took them From the time The the timeline At those and certain moments And
2: then them back
0: Which, yeah they, they actually didn't get d- d- Destroyed by Thanos So they They would still be out there I don't know I don't know That's I'm sure I'm there are like, some people brain, Who are like
2: My brain gets like broken I love <laughs> Time travel movies But I'm telling you like I feel like he has a time zone, and if he has a time zone, that makes me angry.
0: I know, I don't I don't really know. I don't somebody someone listening to this if they've stuck around like might know. I don't I don't know. I really I really don't have an idea. So um I listen, I think the movie was I, I, what other movie did you walk out of? What was the second one What was the other one? <laughs> Van Helsing okay van helsing yes that was rough <laughs> that was really rough
2: now uh van helsing i walked out of after like 15 minutes in this one it's <laughs> a
0: quick one to pull <laughs> one. oh
2: yeah like i i literally did that too i'm not joking um i walked out of the way now, back that
0: Movie recently I couldn't handle it I just couldn't do it I This care.
2: one I walked out after uh, You know understanding that there was Like 15-20 minutes left In the movie I think I'm guessing um, uh, But I was thinking yeah. in my head That there was 20 minutes Left in the movie there was Maybe probably 20 Minutes left after that In terms of um, uh, Those like you know post credit type 30 second scenes mm-hmm. You know what I mean There was you only
0: know. one The second one was stupid All right. so, so I was thinking
2: that there was two of those and So I was thinking like there was 40 minutes left in this movie And uh, <laughs> I couldn't do it I yeah. just left <laughs> I I don't blame you.
0: There were moments where I thought about it. I I mean, I wouldn't have, if if Kelby was like, I really, really, really want to go. I'd be like, I guess we can. It's not the end of the world. Like, right. I was
2: by myself. So I had no person to negotiate with. (laughs) That (laughs) does change. It It does change. It It does. It It
0: is. So so I don't know, man. Like I, I think the movie was okay. I, I'm more, I I think Dr. Strange is a hard character to portray in movies and the craziness that is his, his superpower set up here. So but like, I I, it's it. hard. I, I know. I I, I'm just saying, it. like, it for the average fan. I think it's hard. Uh, I I I just like. Wh- I'm just concerned. Okay. Let me say this. Other than the Spider-Man arc, I'm pretty concerned about the next phase of Marvel. I'm willing to watch it all because I just like okay. it. But like, I don't. I don't know, man. I think there's a there's a world here where people are oversaturated with movie hero, uh, superhero movies already. And if the and if the quality dips, like like let me put it this way, Love and Thunder, Thor is huge for them. If it doesn't do well, <laughs> oh, they're it in has trouble. To be big. It has it to, has be, to big. be big. It has to be big. It has to be good. Because if it's not, like
2: that's that's a thing too that um, maybe a lot of people don't realize. Like that's a thing that happened in the comics. Yeah. Um, and if people aren't willing to. I don't know uh, But that's the tough
0: That's the tough road to navigate Right where you're like You're trying to portray comic things But you're also trying to keep people interested Because they need star power right They need Cumberbatch they need Tom Holland Unfortunately Chadwick Boseman Lost his life so that's like One of the guys I think everybody was banking No one knew about his illness So everybody was banking on him being A huge part of the next phase so it's just going to be interesting. Let me just say, Sam 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 Raimi Sam Rami, who directed this Spider Man originals. He did those such a heavy influence in this movie. I think he did the best he could with the script that he was given. Just some funny like uh, some funny fade away scenes that were just very reminiscent of Spider Man. But but anyway, like my interest is peaked and you are on alert, Marvel. That you have you're the the pressure is there to get something. People can really attach to, and that's why I think Love and Thunder is like, it's just it's wildly important for them to make that movie. Has to be a hit, and the director is good, and and it should be, but you never know, you never know, man. So, all right, guys, shout out to John for joining the show, taking his time uh, on the road to give us some thoughts on some popular topics, including Doctor Strange and all that stuff. So, thanks to him for joining us. Uh, At the last moment and then appreciate you guys for sticking out this episode throughout the week and hopefully you enjoyed the schedule takes and you know the the, the, the NFL is never going to load the Browns up with primetime games coming off last year and a lot of the stuff surrounding them so don't take it personal they still got some good games and I think overall a really favorable schedule so. A lot of fun topics to continue to dig into over the coming weeks. A reminder over the weekend, we should have two great episodes for you. We are going to get somebody on to talk about Jerome Ford, which I'm very excited about, the Cincinnati Bearcat running back that was added. And then we have an Oklahoma guest who is going to share all of his thoughts uh, for your Saturday episode on the three Browns, uh, latest Browns editions. And we might ask him about Baker Mayfield a little bit too, but he can give us insights on Winfrey Thomas, and then Michael Woods as well. So should be some nice weekend episodes for you if you're listening. Pleasure. If you're out doing something in the yard or whatever it is that uh, occupies your weekend time. Thanks, guys, for checking out this show and continuing to support the OBR in any fashion that you do. Have a great Friday and go Browns.